You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. This is Roger B. This is the Locked and Loaded Show, and you're listening on America's Web Radio. Back after a short hiatus, we're going to get into some interesting things today, because as you know, the political landscape for guns and gun ownership, everything has changed drastically now. With the new incoming administration, they have vowed to make gun control one of their top priorities, gun control. We all know it's about the control. It has nothing to do with the guns. That's right, gun control. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's right. I was reminded of the actual <clears throat> the actual features that make gun control worth having. <laughs> Firm grip, proper stance, good sight picture. Yeah, I was going to say proper <laughs> Good sight, trigger control. All those control. are my idea of gun control. That's right. Grouping. That's right. Everything. But uh, they're coming after it. Now, granted... What they say they do and what they actually do are two different things because we all know politicians love to talk about what they're going to do. And usually it takes them forever before they do anything about it. And I'm hoping, hoping that this administration is going to get tied up with uh, with COVID stuff, some international interests, or some something's going to happen to, you know, maybe they're going to deal with the violence in the in the states right now in the capital and work on stuff like that and not have as much time to deal with their pet peeve of the gun issue. Because obviously the Constitution means nothing to them. They don't respect it. They don't believe shall not be infringed means anything to them. They just think they can get away with whatever they can do. The, the get Democrats away with don't understand shall not be infringed. No, they don't care either. <laughs> and apparently with speech now, free speech is no longer oh, is no longer available. I mean, if, it's, if, if somebody labels it as hate speech, then it's not free speech. Granted, there was a philosopher who once said, I may disagree with everything you say, but I will fight to the death for your right to say it. Yeah. So you can say whatever you like, but whether you agree or disagree, you have to be able to have open discourse. You know, in this country, there is no department of of, uh, everybody agrees or department of don't hurt your feelings. We were – the whole country was designed on disagreement – Disagreements or yeah. d- disagreements and compromise. Well, the whole thing about this country is you cannot have a free republic like we have if there isn't free speech. Right. You just have as to you be able to have public uh, discourse. Yeah, right. Just as you can't have socialism and a middle class, you, <laughs> you cannot have a free country and not free speech. So this is why the Democrats oppose free speech so much right. because they don't want a free republic. They want people subjugated. And that's where the guns come in. I mean, that's the only way. If we if we end up if they end up trying to take all the guns away, well, I not think if <laughs> well if they try, well they're going to try. It's, yeah. I'm not saying they're going to. They're going to try. Now here, this was interesting. There's a New York socialite. This was back at the end of December last year. But in order to reduce violent crimes, she decided to start. She started a gun buyback program. And what does this gun buyback buyback program? This is for for kids. Now, you may wonder, what are kids doing with guns? Well, apparently, this socialite decided to buy back toy guns (laughs) from kids and trade them for less provocative alternatives. If I had a kid, if I had a kid, and Roger, let me suggest this to you, since you've you've got um, two kids that you're hanging out with on occasion. Um, If you can find somebody like that, 
teach them good business. Have them go to this lady and offer to buy all the toy guns <laughs> uh, for a penny a on discount. the dollar. <laughs> and resell them. And then we'll friends. resell them. <laughs> So they had about a hundred toy guns were swapped out for the less provocative alternatives during the Long Island Toy Gun Exchange Program. Of course, it was New York. <laughs> of course, it was New York. Uh, well, you know, we've got a good listener out there by the cousin, name of Cousin Mark. Mark the uh, shot. Mark, if you're out there listening, uh, please go make an offer on these guns. Roger and I will invest, and we will resell them. Yes. Well, now, well, what their idea was, we don't want a police officer to mistake a toy gun for a real gun. Guns are then for adults. don't They're point not it at an officer. Right. That would be the first thing is learn, <laughs> even with a toy gun, learn respect for what you're dealing with. You know. Roger. Kids have to learn from a young age to re- to respect things, everything. Which is where I was going with this, Roger. Let, let's look back at when we were growing up. Not only did we have – you know, we didn't have Nerf guns. We had BB guns. That's right. And, and we used them, and we chased each other, and we had wars, and we – not one time, Roger, did I ever point it at an officer. And, or, and, or would you have did, ever thought and to? And I wouldn't have thought to because when I left the house, you know, there were two things my parents said. Don't shoot your eye out. Don't. And don't be pointing that thing at somebody that you're not <laughs> yes, going to shoot. <laughs> right. That was good lessons from my parents. <laughs> But it's it's just I mean this is just I mean kids need to, I mean it's just like you don't give your kid a circular saw for a birthday present <laughs> exactly. but you give him a toy circular saw so he, so he learns, learns he kind of gets the yep. idea of things exactly. and then later on he can realize well that's part of learning and teaching critical thinking that the right, government's exactly. trying to remove because so without critical thought give you the kids a toy guns to learn and that's what they learn don't point the gun at somebody even if you're mad you don't right. you know don't break Never. the rules of gun safety mm-hmm. even with a toy gun it's like the rules of robotics. There are rules to guns. and Yeah, there's rules to you know, everything. We learn when we grow up. If you allow kids to be kids, allow, and yes, I'm going to say it, allow boys to be boys and girls to be girls. Oh, my goodness. We can't have that. There has to be gender blurring somewhere. <laughs> Boy, that Media Matters is going to blast me for that one. Yeah, but this was just funny. I mean, it's just they got 100 toy guns that they bought back and oh, for the less provocative alternative. So I just wonder, you know, I wonder what they were getting. Maybe blocks or something. I don't know. Maybe they were getting a uh, some kind of free speech kit or something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so that's something, you know. Just in case, you know, if you're uh, if you're a kid and you don't want your guns anymore, apparently there are people in the country who sponsored buyback programs for your toy guns. Not something that uh, I think most kids would be willing to give up, especially the boys. Not to say girls can't play with toy guns also. Oh, we, hey. We that's entirely... Hey. Well, I, you know, I used to play cowboys and Indians, and my sister tied me to a tree <laughs> because she was the Indian and I was the cowboy, and <sighs> my guns didn't stop her from... Let me tell you, this is... you know, She tied me to a tree and left me there for... My mother found me <laughs> because she came home and goes, where's your brother? And, oh, what? And I was outside tied to a tree. <laughs> And that was cowboys and Indians. That was a yeah. I didn't get loose until my mother made her untie me. That's the sad part about your sister ties good knots. I could have been traumatized. But you learned the gun didn't make all the difference in that case. In that case, the Indian won that battle because she was the Indian. I was a cowboy man. I had my good. I had two guns, and I still got tied to a tree. Okay. Well, let's go to New York one more time. Okay. New York. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> when New York, when you buy, when you apply 
to purchase a handgun, this is just purchase, just to be able to purchase a handgun in New York, you have to have a permit. Hmm. Generally speaking, from what I've seen, it's about a 60-page application. costs $300 yes. to start the processing. And, and that's to – you've got to have a permit in New York to access your God-given right in the United States Constitution. How You're, messed up To is that? get a right that the government is not supposed to infringe upon. The government didn't give you that right, nor can they take it away. But yet, look what New York gets away with. The Second Amendment clearly says mm. – the government shall make no laws. That's most of the make, uh-huh. first ten amendments. The government shall make, make no, no laws, laws. Mm-hmm. meaning they are not allowed to touch these particular inalienable rights. Inalienable but apparently rights. they have stomped all over these. Yeah. But anyway, so during the pandemic, of course, New York, not one to not take advantage of a crisis, <laughs> has their applications, of course, for handgun purchases has gone skyrocketing upwards. I mean, completely up through the roof. They're They're high as they can be. And now they're just approving 10% of the new gun permits among the surge of violence in New York City. Because, you know, all summer long they've been having violence and riots and burnings and, you know, Molotov cocktails and every other crazy thing being blown up up there. And there's, you know, so 9,000 New Yorkers have applied for gun permits and the NYPD has signed off on fewer than 1,100. So here you have a right to own a weapon, and you can't even exercise that right because the government is going to get in your way. And they have never given – most of them are not good reason either. They're just – they can't get to them yet or they haven't got there yet. Mm-hmm. So most of these people are sitting and waiting for this stuff to possibly be approved or not approved. But they just – they used the coronavirus as an excuse now, here's my prediction. I want to throw this out there real quick. I have a prediction. As soon as the inauguration takes place, all these liberal Democrat states are going to start freeing up businesses, opening everything back up again. The coronavirus is going to pretty much disappear oh. from the news cycle. I, it's going to be it's under control. It's perfectly mm-hmm. okay. Now everything's going back to normal, blah, blah, blah. They're going to allow things to come back I in force. guarantee you, and, and probably three months or so, Roger, you're going to be able to say, I told you so. Because you're 100% right. When they see the economy start to slow, which it's it'll show signs as soon as he starts putting his regulations. Yeah. Um, and they're already starting to complain about the lockdown states because it's dragging the economy. Oh, yeah. It's killing you're, the economy. You're 100% can't right. Work, they can't get money. They're, yeah. They will start uh, releasing the lockdowns and then give it six months. You're not going to hear testing. You're not going to hear about that. The news cycle is going to completely change. It's going to completely change the narrative because they know if the economy had kept steamrolling the way it was, there's no way Trump would have been reelected over without a doubt, overwhelmingly. But you're right, Roger. They're going to, uh, they're going to, and I'll predict this. They're going to try to give Biden credit for the vaccine. Of course they are. They're going to, and then, and then you won't hear about testing. They'll, they'll quietly stop testing. Well, that's what they did did in H1N1. Yep. Just stop testing, stop, stop reporting testing. numbers. Yep. There you go. And, and it's coming. Gonna, but hopefully... Uh, David's got a comment. Well, not a comment, a question. I heard uh, recently, within the past couple of hours, actually, that uh, uh, I guess Pelosi and uh, Schumer went in together and said there will be no guns brought to Congress during oh. the inauguration. And personally, I think... Hmm. I think it'd be great if everybody was packing and uh, somebody <laughs> well, said, "I, 
terrorist. I, I guess that doesn't include the police that they called up. The NAS, You know, the Democrat Party wants to defund police for you, but not for them. Isn't it funny how that works? But No, I, I'm just thinking, can you imagine uh, uh, all these congressmen that have had one shooting lesson, possibly? Maybe. And, and they start shooting, and then we finally get rid of a bad situation in Congress. In Congress? Yeah, <laughs> really. Just let them shoot each other. Oh, we'll lock them in and throw a smoke bomb in there and say, oh, and see what happens. Say gun <laughs> and see here, here come shooting. the Indians. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tie them to a few. Oh, man. I, it, it's amazing to me. But, you know, I want people to notice, too. We'll probably get jerked off the air for that comment. Oh, we might. Media yeah. Matters are not, not going to be happy about it. Who's yeah, Media Matters? They, they're a watch a watchdog group. Are they watching us? That uh, <laughs> that watches. They monitor talk radio. Uh, and well, we know what dogs are, don't we? Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh uh, yeah, it's crazy. They they they're go. Listen- oh boy, they go after conservative. We're going to be in trouble if they're listening to us. <laughs> yes, yes, we might be. But, uh, uh, but anyway, so New York find it extremely difficult. Violence has been surging. Gun sales are through the roof. And people are trying to get these permits. And the New York City is just dragging their feet, approving them. And most of them cannot are not being denied because of disqualifying factors. They're just not getting to them. Or they're just passing on because somebody forgot to dot an I or cross a T or something. Now, Generally, in New York, they're against giving licenses anyway. They don't want anybody. If it was up to them, they wouldn't allow any of them. But unfortunately, they were forced by a court decision that they have to allow it and they have to approve it because that's the law. But it doesn't mean they have to do it quickly. It doesn't mean they have to do it efficiently. And it doesn't mean they have to do it fairly. So, But it's kind of funny because, you know, in New York, the violence has been on a huge surge this year. Violence is at an all-time high up there that it's been in a long, long time. So people want to defend themselves. They want to be able to protect their families, protect their their homes, protect their, you know, their belongings. And there's no reason why they shouldn't. The Constitution gives them that right clearly and defends the government against taking it away from them. But apparently in the states that don't care... We're going to have this problem more and more. They're going to find more and more bureaucracy to stick in the way of you exercising your rights. Now, we'll see. It may come down to a court case again, and they may get approved. And we're still waiting in California to see if the magazine ban will be lifted. That'll be interesting because that'll mean if it's lifted there, then there'll probably be suits brought in other parts of the country to start releasing it to other places. All right, we're going to be back in a few minutes after these breaks. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, and I hope you'll make plans to join us on January 28th for Warriors for Hope. I'm thrilled to be a part of this virtual fundraiser for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital and Warriors to Citizen. These organizations do so much to support veterans, first responders, and families who have been touched by pediatric cancer. I would also like to thank David Moxley and his show, David's Pick, here on America's Web Radio for supporting Warriors for Hope. And I know you'll want to join in and support this event as well on January 28th. So visit warriorsforhope.events. That's warriors and the number four, hope.events. You can make a gift and reserve your seat for this virtual benefit 
Again, that's Warriors and the number four, Hope.events. Thanks for your support, and we'll see you at noon on January 28th. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded. And you've also been hearing our special guest, Victor Armanderes from On Point with Victor. He's decided to hang out with us today and talk guns because why not? It's hard <laughs> not to talk guns. I know. It's what's going on today. Oh, can, man. Can I deter you for just a moment? Sure. We have a listener. We have a listener? All right. <laughs> At least one because she asked the question. <laughs> this is a female listener who uh, decided that she wants to partake in the gun uh, carry. So she's getting her carry permit, and she's a good question. She really wants – so if you could deter a moment, Roger, because I told her I'd talk to the expert in the walking encyclopedia of guns, which is you. Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't know he was here today. Yeah, that's right. Um <laughs> I'll do the best she I can. She wants to know a couple of things. Okay. She wants a carry gun. She wants to know what, what you recommend. And for, keep in mind, she's a female, uh, but she's a capable female. Uh, right. She wants to go shooting. She wants to do the training She and, and do all that good stuff. But not only does she want a carry piece, she wants something of an AR variety for her home. But she wants a rifle as well. Exactly. Yeah, so her question is... Um, AR-15 or or with the Israeli uh, what's it called Tavor. the, the Tavor uh, AR-15 is probably better um, choice. It's more economical. Accessories yeah. are more easily had for right. it, and cool. it's very easy to make modifications if you want to. to she also was asking about the Sig, the Sig, the, the Sig MCX. A, the, yes, Sig MCX is an excellent weapon as well. Similar controls to the AR. It, however, uses a different recoil system, which allows it to have a folding stock. Oh, that's cool. And still fire from the folded position. Uh-huh. But again, you're talking that that's it's it's a great gun. They had issues with the early ones there. There were recalls on the bolt carriers of the very first one, so make sure you get one that's been had After the recall what work year? done. Um I wanna say that was probably two thousand twelve, thirteen, okay. fourteen, something right around there. And then they fixed them, and they're still fixing them. If you find one that's bad, that's they'll bad. still pay they'll for still, it. Yeah, oh, great. they'll still replace it or repair it because so, it was a flaw. So the advice is, if 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 you want to, the Sig is a great choice. The Sig's AR fifteen is always a good choice. Now, what about a carry gun? That's something that you really have to get in there and decide. Do you want a revolver? Do you want a semi-automatic? How important is the size for you? You're going to carry it on your person. You're going to carry it on your purse. You have to answer a bunch of questions mm-hmm. and kind of get your hands on stuff. The best thing is if you can find a local range where they do rentals. Exactly. Most of the and local ranges will charge you a small fee, $10, $15. And what that does, it opens up the whole rental case. Basically, you can use any gun in the rental case within reason. They probably have some special, very specialized stuff. But you can use any pistol, buy their ammo. Mm-hmm. Shoot a few, one or two mags through one gun, try another try gun, another, another gun, and see what you like. See what you like, what feels good in your hands. And, and this is crucial for her and for anybody, not just her. Yeah, because I don't know. I mean, since she's asking, but to see what fits your hand the best. Right. I don't know how big you are. I don't know how right. how sensitive you are. She to wouldn't recoil. give those details, as most women won't. But uh, you no. never ask. Roger, <laughs> I'm going to add something to it or, or ask you something to it. Okay. As far as a young lady is concerned, not my recommendation, but uh, you answer. I would I would suggest a 
semi-automatic over any kind of revolver in that it can, uh, depending on the revolver, it can be a pretty good pull with your... Right, that's you correct. Know. Also, with the semi-automatics, a lot of times the slides are kind of heavy and are harder for some people to pull back. But I had people had trouble doing that. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't get a good grip to be able to charge the pistol. So now that's something that comes. That's something that's a matter of technique that you need to learn. Ideally, if you're going to the range for the first time to try and decide what kind of carry gun you want, go with somebody who has some experience, but not somebody who's going to try and bully you into whatever their position is. That's what I find the most is that people decide, well, I carry this. It's the best gun ever. That's what everybody should have. And they try and push everybody in that direction. And to be honest, you need to let people try different things because different guns fit different hands differently. Different guns recoil differently. Different guns will sight differently. So you want to decide first, if you if you have an idea whether you want a revolver or semi-automatic, try and narrow that down first. If not, try them both. You know, see if you like it. The revolver has the advantage of you don't have to rack it or cock it or anything to start. The bullets sit in the cylinder. However, it has no safety per se. You just you pull the trigger and it goes. There's no uh, there's there's no safety to disengage or anything like that. With semi-automatics, they hold the ma- the the magazine sit in the grip and they hold the bullets there. They're easy to reload. The triggers are usually a little easier to pull, especially. F- first, second, third time. Speaking of an easy trigger, we just got a comment from another listener that said he likes the MMP because it has a lighter uh, lighter slide pull. Yeah, they, yeah. they make one called an M&P EZ, which exactly, is specifically exactly designed for an easier slide pull. Yes, that, and, that's, and uh, that's something that's very good for a beginner or someone mm-hmm. who who's that, not sure if they'll have the strength to rack it. It, it has a different spring system in it. And, this, and the M- I was going to say, this listener is from uh, Alabama, and that's what he suggests for right. our lady listener. It depends, though. I mean, if if she's five foot nine, she's one hundred and eighty pounds, and a bodybuilder, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she can shoot whatever the heck yeah, she wants. This is true, <laughs> you know, and put a lot of guys to shame. So I'm Probably. not, <laughs> I'm not going to tell her what she should have just because she's a female. That's right, because we don't judge people like the Democrats do. Based no, on her, I'm not going to say just because she's a female, she's not capable of <laughs> shooting whatever she wants. I mean, I know a lot of female shooters, and they shoot just as they shoot whatever they want, probably better than I shoot almost anything I want. <laughs> you know, because it matters how much you train, how much you work on it, how much you're willing to put into it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to become an enthusiast, then don't hobble yourself with a, a beginner's gun right away. Right. I mean, now, if you think, oh, I'm just going to have one and kind of use it on occasion, I'll carry it with me. It'll be, you know, just for emergencies. I'm not going to get into going to shooting events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then. The EZ would be a good one. The the, mm-hmm. the M and P. The M and P's also have very adjustable grips on them too. Right. So they fit a variety of hands pretty well. That's becoming more and more popular now to have adjustable grip panels mm-hmm. and uh, replaceable side panels, so it fits your hand really well. And it matters so much too. Roger, oh. can I throw out something? Uh, sure. Also? Throw away. If, if this is uh, if you're a beginner and that's your first weapon, uh, what do you think about the thought that? Uh, uh, well, you know, many women, uh, if it is the first weapon, they're going to need training, so they got to think about ammunition. And, you know, I'm going <sighs> back to the, like the 22 that uh, it's still right. available. Well, that would be something that. Train with it. Train with what is inexpensive. 
to start with, yes. To start with. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to learn the techniques on something that's not going to have that same recall. Ideally, start with a twenty two pistol of some sort. Learn the techniques. Learn how to rack the slide. Learn how to load the magazines. Learn how to check clear. Learn how to do all that with a, a more basic gun and then move your way into something else. That's why I say if you have someone who can help you, that's the ideal situation. But to go in on your own, I recommend going to a local range. See if they have a, a beginner, a beginner's course, a training course. See if they have something like that. Cause it's difficult sometimes to get involved in something like this without knowing. And you can't just, it's hard to just to go and try and see with the guns because, you know, you don't want to buy one that's not going to be right for you just on someone, some salesman's recommendation because he likes it or he makes more money on that one. And it's, there's a, a huge variety of questions to be answered. And I could make recommendations. Like I say, I carry certain guns and I would recommend them to somebody if they fit. You know, or, or I'll say here, try these three or four different ones. These are the ones I like the best in this category, in this category. Like I said, if I was going to go for a semi-automatic handgun for a standard compact size, I'd probably say the Glock. I'd say the HK. I'd say the M&P and maybe even the SIG 320. All those would be high-quality handguns. And then then you can get into the Rugers, the Tauruses, stuff like that also. Those are good also. In fact, Ruger builds a very affordable gun, very feature-loaded, and it's generally a lot less expensive than some of the what's called the very, very top-tier guns. So you can probably get more gun for your money with that. Also take into account a popular gun is going to be easier to get magazines for, mm-hmm. to get parts, accessories, yeah. different sites, things like that. If you buy some... Off the wall brand, it may be great as is, but if you ever want to modify it or get parts for it, it may be, it prove a little more troublesome. So there's that too. And as always, like I say, the best thing is to try before you buy. Just like you probably wouldn't buy a car with that loud, at least test driving a few of them in that same category, you kind of want to do the same thing on a gun as well. But I say ideal, or you know, with social media these days, you could probably join some sort of group. Like a, you know, especially if you if you're if you're a woman and you want to kind of be guided by other women, you could probably join a women shooters group. They probably meet once a month or once every couple months and go shooting, and you could probably get a world of advice, help, you know, and uh, maybe even get to try some some of these weapons and see what they like. You know, that's you have to get involved before you do it. If you're just going to go buy one and sit it in a drawer, doesn't really matter what you get because if you're not going to train with it or learn how to use it proficiently, it doesn't matter as much. But I hope if you're going to get that involved and you're going to get a pistol and you're going to get a rifle, you're going to become a little bit of an enthusiast at least. You're going to want to get into it. And as far as the rifle goes, there's probably a 100 good rifles out there. I mean, there's AK variants, which tend to fit women a little better because they tend to be a little shorter. AR-15s are hugely adjustable, have an immense number of accessories available for them, and can be set up in a variety of different ways. And the, the SIG MCX, the um, what else is there? There's you know all kinds of piston drive, piston driven rifles and things like that. All kinds of other guns out there, but the standard AR-15 is probably the best one to start with as far as adjustability, as far as compatibility with a lot of other parts and accessories. Getting magazines and ammo for it's always going to be easy. Well, I say always. The Democrats have only begun to start to restrict us. Only so. begun. <laughs> What's coming is let's hope the they're next busy two with years other are going to be. Next two years going to be hard. 
but yeah, I mean, I would just if you have a if you know somebody who shoots, get them to take you know get that see if you can go over to their house, hold some stuff even if you're not shooting it, just to put it in your hands, hold it, let them kind of show you the basics, hold a rifle, see how it feels, try a different a couple of different kinds. The more guns they have, the better off it'll be for you to try stuff. Or go to a gun show with someone who has some experience. Pick up a few things. Hold them. Shoulder them. Put them in your hands. You know, see how they feel. And you may go through and pick up, you know, 50 guns, and all of a sudden one goes, oh, this feels really good. I like the way this fits. But you know, be- uh, if I yeah, yeah. mind, not only think about, but also write down why or what you think you want. It might be that uh, instead of a rifle, a shotgun might be a better bet, depending on if it's home protection, depending on, you know, what you're wanting to do with it. Well, ideally, you should have a pistol, rifle, and a shotgun. Absolutely. (laughs) And that's what I told the listener. That's the three things. That's the three guns you should start with. And uh, I think David has probably multiple of those. I mean, but they all got lost in that boat accident. accident, Yes, that's right. In in that earthquake, (laughs) that last earthquake, the boating accident. I can't seem to keep a weapon. I know it's crazy, but yeah, I mean, there's so many different varieties. You know, it's just it's tough to be able to decide what you want without going and putting your hands on stuff. That's ideal. If you can't, then you know, go to the range where they have a rental counter, rent some weapons. Try a few different ones. See if you find something you like. And make a purchase, and hopefully it'll be good enough. You'll live with it. It'll work, It'll be, and you'll learn how to use it. The key thing is learn how to grip a weapon before you go try. Don't just put your hands on it, stick your finger in the trigger, and wave it around and go, oh, that feels good. Use both hands. Learn how to extend your thumbs and everything. Get a proper grip on it to know whether it's going to fit right or not. In fact, you could probably get online and watch videos on how to grip a handgun. That would probably be something that would take you 20, 30 minutes, and you can get an idea. And even if you just have an airsoft gun to practice with, you can practice things like this before you even buy a gun. But there's a million and one things to do beforehand, and then afterwards, that's when the real work starts, because you have to become proficient with that weapon. You have to learn how to use it to where you will not hesitate. If there's a problem, you can fix it quickly and easily. You can get that gun back up and running if there's an issue. And as important as that, or along with that, is how you're going to carry it. If you're going to carry it in a purse... There are purses that are designed for carry oh, yeah. purses. Absolutely. And, and the size of the gun is not going to matter as much in a purse as it will on your person. But you, if you're going to carry it in your purse, you don't need to put four pounds of other stuff on top of it. <laughs> and I, Wait a second. got to dig through my purse to find I cannot my... attest to that. <laughs> Am I hearing you say that women put junk in their purse <laughs> too much junk <laughs> too much junk not gonna and touch that was, one was and, i not clear on that <laughs> and roger am i hearing you say that size doesn't matter not as much in a purse <laughs> oh, in a purse <laughs> yes i'm not touching that you know <laughs> with a 10 foot no um so you know david you mentioned the purse thing i have seen women carry a, a, a something bigger than a gym bag and call it a purse so yes, you think it's like, it's like luggage? Yeah, it is. How do they do? Are you it? moving out? <laughs> I, moving in? You moving in out? I don't know, but I don't know how they do it. And, I don't know either. And then they wear heels. Yeah. Well, hey. crazy. I don't get it, but but yeah. Anyway, I mean, I'm it's just 
like I say, you have to answer all these questions on your own. At least try and get as much exposure as possible before making the purchase. That's ideal. And, you know, I know it's it's tough. It can be daunting. Like I say, but the Internet is a wonderful source of information. It's also a ridiculous source of disinformation. So be, be careful what you watch. Try and stick to reputable sites that have a reputation for giving you accurate information. If you're not sure, um, you could send me an email. I'll send you back a few things. There's something, oh, what was it called? The Art of the Handgun, Zen Art of the Handgun. I'm trying to remember. And it was a very good series. It was like eight hours long. But the first DVD in there was showing you the very basics of how to grip, how to hold, where to put finger placement, where your trigger finger was supposed to go. It was all the very basic things to get started. And sometimes, you know, maybe an airsoft gun in the backyard is the best way to get started, just to learn the basics, because the basics are not going to change. Your grip, your stance, your sight picture are all going to be the same, whether it's an airsoft gun, a BB gun, or a forty four Magnum. All those things always apply. And with a rifle, that's a whole different set of experiences there. The manipulation on a rifle is completely different. You have to learn, you know, reloading and manipulation of safeties and charging handles and things like that are all completely different on a rifle than they are on a pistol. But again, depends on how enthusiastic you want to get into this. Do you think this is going to be something you're going to become a lifelong sport, or is this just going to be something for self-defense only and you're not really going to use it as a as a hobby as much as just for protection only. Oh, so make your decision. Get as much exposure as possible. Watch videos if you can. Get an idea how things work. Then go out there and try and do some shooting. Ideally, go to the range with somebody who's experienced, open the rental counter up for a few bucks, and shoot a variety of handguns. And beware of the person who tries to tell you what you need without knowing anything about you. Or even if they know you, oh, you need this kind of gun. How do you know? If they do that, run away. Yeah, that's not what you want to do. You want to get somebody who's going to give you a variety or show you a bunch of things. Put your hands on them. See how it feels. Anyway, I could get into that for hours, but we're not going to do that now. Right now, we're going to go back to D.C. Because why? Because why not? Why not? So, apparently, House Democrats are trying to enact a bill to ban lawmakers from carrying guns. Now... This has been a point of contention before because supposedly there has always been a ban on weapons in the Capitol building other than by the police. However, they carved out an exemption for members of Congress. And now they're trying to remove this exemption. Fifty years later, the House Democrats want to uh, ban the carry of weapons by lawmakers, staff, visitors, any of these people who normally are now are exempt from the restrictions in the Capitol of carrying weapons. So, and there's a lot of uh, Congress people who have come forth and said, I will carry. It's my right. I will do this every day. But now they want to try and stop this. So I don't know if that, I don't know if this is going to go anywhere or not. Because they're, they're saying it's hard for the police to know who has a gun and who doesn't and who's armed and who's not. It's a, you know, that's, that's a, that's something they have to deal with all the time anyway. I mean, to know who the lawmakers are would be a good first step. You know, I mean, I, I don't know that I would take their rights away just because they're in Congress. Right now, they have the exemption and they're able to carry these weapons. If they stop this, then con- any P- Congress people who carry weapons will be doing it in violation of the law. You know, so, they go through enough magnetometers that... Uh, 
Yeah, I mean they would know, and the and the Congress is going off. Everywhere. The Congress people know where they walk through, and they know how to get to where they need to go. And if they have a permit and they have training and they know what they're doing, why shouldn't they carry their weapon with them? They should be their own first responders as well as anybody else. Now, granted, they have the Capitol Police there, and they're going to you know protect them better. They have better protection at work than most any anybody else does at work. Although after last week when they raided the Capitol, raided, they broke a window, I know. That was terrible. They shouldn't have done it. Trump told them not to, but they did it anyway. But anyway, but so they may uh, start banning. Some Antifa people did it as well. Yeah, there was. Uh, Posing yeah. as Trump supporters. Yes, there was. It's, it was a lot of political posturing going on that day. It was crazy. But I just wonder if now after that has happened that the Congress people are going to stand up and say, no, 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 we're not giving up our rights. You're not taking our rights away just because you don't feel safe or you think the Capitol Police can do a better job protecting me than, than I can. So we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. But within with the Democrats having control of both houses, it'd be easier for them to retract that law, even though it's 50 years old and they've had that exemption for that long. But now I want to get into some new guns. You know, you figure with all this stuff going on that the gun industry has been exploding with demand. I mean, just finding almost any kind of gun now at a reasonable price has become a very difficult task indeed. You know, now there's stuff out there. There's plenty of guns out there, but they are, they are, a lot of them are at inflated prices. Some of them are at ridiculously inflated prices, but they're all higher than they were. And you figure this would um, discourage companies from coming out with new stuff because they're selling all the old stuff as fast as they can. Well, there's a company called Keltec. Now, if you're familiar, Keltec is a company that tends to be very innovative, very much on the edge of new designs and interesting designs. For instance, they brought out their dual-tube feed pump-action shotgun called the KSG in a bullpup design, which was revolutionary when Love it came it. out. Yeah, it is. It's an amazing weapon. They did a phenomenal job of putting that together. Oh. If you've ever handled one, you, they're they're super short. They're very handy, and they're and they function. They it's, function great. It's awesome, and they deserve a shout out. What yeah. what Caltech did with that was awesome. Yep, that was something that they never. Des- they when they brought it out, they thought, oh, it's just another pump action shotgun. Mm, right. But boy, the public took took to that like a duck to water. Boy, they love that gun. Like a kid to a donut. Like a fat. Get to a cupcake. (laughs) (laughs) And then they also have the PMR-30, which is a a 30-round flush-fitting magazine in a pistol that holds 22 Magnum cartridges. And it's mostly all polymer except for the steel barrel and I think there's a steel slide insert. But they just – they have this innovative way of thinking. And then they have the RFB, which is a um, semi-automatic 308 in a bullpup design that has the ejection port above the barrel. And it just dumps the shells out. So if you're a reloader, this is brilliant. You can just tip the thing forward and dump all the empty shells out. But they have a, a reputation for coming out with new and inventive stuff. Last year they had the CPM 33, which is a 33-round magazine that fits flush into a 22 long rifle pistol. Well, this year, Caltech has decided to take on the 5.7 cartridge. And if you're familiar with this, the 5.7 is a 5.7 by 28 millimeter. It's a tiny little bottleneck cartridge that was designed by FN to work in something called a PS90, which was a compact bullpup design that had a uh, 
an interesting magazine design to it, and it was uh, meant to handle the 5.7 cartridge. And then they also brought out the, a pistol, which had a 30-round, no, 20-round flush-fitting magazine with the 5.7 cartridge. Now, there are extensions which can get you up to 30 rounds, but the flush-fitting 20-round magazines that came with the 5.7 pistol were outstanding because here it is, a small bottleneck, virtually a rifle cartridge chambered in a pistol, and it still retains a good portion of the velocity that it has running in the rifle. So FN has really put some effort into promoting this cartridge. And just this past year, Ruger brought out a version of their 5.7 their five, pistol, and it's it's still similar to the um, the FN pistol in that it has a magazine that feeds from the bottom into the into the grip, standard slide pull. You know, it's a standard looking pistol that fires the five point seven. Well, Caltech decided, oh no, we're going to build a five point seven pistol, but it's going to be nothing like anybody else's. So now this thing is big; it's huge. It's uh, let's see, let's say fifteen inches long. Yeah, fifteen inches long, three and a quarter pounds. Without being loaded. Yeah. Now you're wondering, oh my gosh, what does this thing look like? How does it work? Well, first of all, it has Took no words right out of my mouth. It has no magazine that feeds into the into the grip. The gun opens up, the top of the gun opens up like a clamshell, and the magazine fits down into the gun and then you close it back so the down. The magazine is covered it's at covered. all times. It's covered at all times. And the magazine they use... Or ejecting from the bottom. They can eject from the bottom. Now, what they use, though, is they figure, now, what kind of magazine could we use for this? They use the FN 5.7 magazine, rifle magazine, which is a 50-round magazine. And it's odd in the fact that it stacks bullets horizontally across the top, and then when it gets to the back where it feeds, it flips them 90 degrees and puts them into the chamber. So it's the action on this thing is flipping the bullet. Well, oh, no, the, the magazine does that all by itself. Okay, so the, magazine. the magazine is the same one that feeds an FN uh, uh, okay. PS90. Okay. And the PS90 has been around for a long awesome. time. It's it's an interesting magazine, though. But the fact that it opens up, you think like M60. It opens up from the top, mm-hmm. drop the magazine, close the shell back down on it. You're ready to go with 50 rounds. So can this be belt-fed if you leave the top open? Uh, no. Because the magazine is is uh, it's, it's uh, gotta be contained, yeah. yes. But still, fifty rounds in a pistol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That does not suck. <laughs> no, but like I say, it is big. It is a big pistol, but it's neat because it works with this FN magazine. And so these FN magazines are available and have been for years. So they're common. They're easy to get, and they're going to ship it with two of them anyway. Man, that, I got to see a picture of that. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't have a picture That's... right now, but it is cool, and it's going to be MSRP at nine ninety five. Wow. Supposed to be shipping the first quarter of this year, so we'll have to see how that comes. But uh, they just really went a whole different way with this thing. It was it is cool looking. If you can go to KeltechWeapons.com, you can go take take a look at it, and they have people uh, test firing it and such there. But you can get an idea. Now, the fact that it is so big, I think it would really lend itself to using a pistol brace, which apparently the ATF is now back down on their position on pistol braces, and now they're apparently legal again for the moment. So who knows? But the odd thing is, the way the gun is designed, it has a charging handle in the very back that charges. You put the magazine, close the clamshell down, you pull the charging handle back, so there's no... Doesn't look like there's an easy way to attach any sort of pistol brace to this weapon. There is a sling swivel 
connector, I think, and it looks like it's in the back of the grip somewhere. Now, it might be able to be made into a non-rotating use to be able to attach something to it. But they said they're going to allow the aftermarket to try and come up with that. Because even at 15 inches, it's big, but it's not that big, especially if you can put a pistol brace on this thing and use it as a PDW. This would be an amazing weapon with 50-round magazines running a tiny little PDW like that. So you'll probably start seeing these already. You'll probably start seeing pictures and articles and stuff like this, but it is an amazing-looking gun. It almost looks like a like a space gun because it's so big and so odd-looking. But it, uh, like I say, if the Keltec technology works, which we hope it does, because the FN magazines have been around for a long time, so they're pretty well established as far as their function, and they tend to work really well. And the 5.7 cartridge is always loaded very specifically so it functions properly. So we'll see. But if you get a chance, you can look up the Keltec P50, see what this thing looks like, and I think you'll be impressed. Or you'll just think it's super ugly, which is <laughs> the two impressions I was getting from uh, being online is that it was a super ugly gun, but it was innovative. It's And the fact that cool. it's got the capacity, yeah, it's just amazing. Because you lift the barrel up, slide the magazine in, and then you slam it back down. So it's really neat. But hopefully you'll start seeing those in stores soon. Of course, the way things are going, you don't. We don't think we're ever going to see any guns again soon because the supplies have just been diminished, and ammo is showing no signs of coming back in any kind of force lately. Because everybody's still in panic mode, I think, buying up ammo that they don't even need right now, and the guys who do need it are competing against guys who just want to stockpile it. So it could be months before we get ammo supplies back to where they should be. So. Ammo is probably going to be a continuing problem throughout this year. Now, I have a feeling, had the vote gone the other way and the administration had stayed the same, ammo supplies would have immediately started replenishing and start filling the pipelines up, and it would have been a lot easier to get stuff. But now, with the party that tends to push for more gun control in place, that's just going to exacerbate the situation and make it worse. Getting ammo is going to be tough. They, the manufacturers claim they're making it as fast as they can. They're running their facilities at max capacity safely, and they're shipping it as fast as it gets made, and people are snapping it up. And it's out there. You can find ammo, but it's not cheap because the supply is so high. I mean, the supply is so low right now, the demand is outstripping it by far. And... uh Weapons, I mean, uh, boxes of ammo that used to be six or seven bucks are now bringing thirty to thirty-five dollars. It's just, it's, it's crazy how expensive it is. Five, five, six rounds going for about a buck a piece when they used to be thirty cents just a few months ago. So keep in mind, if you're going to get into a shooting, you're going to buy a gun. Your ammo expense is probably going to be three times what it would have been a year ago. <laughs> so that's unfortunate that that's the case. But you got to realize a lot of that is because of record-setting gun numbers. What kind of record-setting gun numbers? Glad you asked. Okay, maybe you didn't ask. Well, I was but just going to anyway. ask. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now this could give you some idea. Okay, so 2019, there were 13.2 million background checks for weapons done in the United States. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how many guns were sold, because you can buy more than one gun on one background check. Some states don't require background checks if you already have a license permit where your background check was already done at a federal level. 
But for last year, 2020, 21 million background checks were done. That's a huge increase. I mean, that's, you know, you're talking, what, uh, 60% more than the year before. And that just gives you an idea about gun sales right there. I mean, because they don't, supposedly they don't keep track of gun sales, but they're saying about 8.4 million people purchased a gun for the first time last year. That, that was because each gun came with its own COVID-19 kit. Yes, a test. You could get tested for COVID while buying your handgun. Mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But now, and now here's something, your friend, uh, 40% of 2020's buyers were women, the biggest increase of any demographic. So that's something because, you know, usually women are not as high up in gun purchasing as men are, and they're still not. But 40% of all the weapons, that's substantial. I mean, that's closing in on the 50-50 mark there. But with 8.4 million people, let's just do some quick math here. I'm going to try and do this real quick while I'm sitting here. But if you have 8.4 million people all buying a gun for the first time, uh, and they need, say, four boxes of ammo, which is 200 rounds of ammo. Oh, boy. Where does that put us at? Let's see. Yeah. 1.7 billion rounds of ammunition. For just the new gun buyers, if they bought four boxes of ammo, so that gives you an idea why the supply is so so low. You know, you add 8.4 million people using the ammo, and all of a sudden they need you know four boxes. Boom! That's 1.7 billion rounds right there just to give them a base. And if you've been to the range before, you know four boxes doesn't take long to shoot up. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Even if you're careful, you're going to shoot two or three boxes if you go there and actually spend an hour or so and take your time and shoot properly, learn your techniques. Roger, we've spent less time outside and shot more ammo. than. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've done the the mag dump. The total mag dump. (laughs) Yep, that's for fun. But still, right now, mag dump would be ridiculously expensive, Mm -hmm. so you probably would not want to get mixed up in that. But that just gives you an idea where this extra demand is coming from. I mean, 1.7 billion extra rounds just for the new gun buyers. That doesn't include guys who already have been shooting or shoot all the time and were buying stuff on a regular basis anyway. So it's just the competition for the available ammo is going to continue to be high because the new shooters want to get out there. They want to shoot their guns. They want to become proficient. They want to learn how to use them better. And I don't blame them. Everybody should want to learn to use their weapon better. All your weapons. Learn to use them better. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there's – and it seems like almost all types of ammo have been included in this. I mean, there's a few shotgun shells you can still find at the local Walmarts here and there. But most rifle ammo, pi- rifle ammo, pistol ammo has all just been hugely inflated in price, and the supplies have been diminished. Now – they're still bringing in imported ammo is still coming in, which is something that the Biden-Harris administration has threatened to shut down. They want to shut down the importation of certain weapons and shut down the importation of ammunition from foreign countries. Now, if this happens, you think the supply is tight now, it's going to get way worse because a lot of ammunition comes from overseas. We are probably, the United States is probably the biggest user of ammunition for civilian-grade events, you know, practice and sporting events of anywhere in the world. 
So if they shut down this source of, of ammo, that is going to be horrendous for the supply. It'll get just – it's going to become ridiculous. Now, this is another thing that I have thought about. This could be a possibility for backdoor gun control. Take away the ammo, all of a sudden you have a club. You can't do anything with it without ammo. Without ammo, it becomes a pretty useless chunk of metal. So, I mean, well, if you haven't been stocking up until now, if, it's going to be expensive. <laughs> if we can't get ammo, then we're pretty much going to have to be reserved to Palestinian ammo. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can go out, if you've got a good piece of property and you've got some good rocks, um, start putting them in bags because that Palestinian ammo might be worth a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, all the manufacturers in the U.S. are doing well now. They're they're anticipating more and more sales. So you know that's something to consider. And it's funny well, because you hear rumors about people. Oh, the ammo companies are holding back. They're not letting it go. They're, that's not. They're, true. Yeah, it's not. I well, mean, here's where we need critical thinking and common sense. Why would a company that makes their business is ammo, they're selling ammo, why would they stop? What would hoard? be the point? I mean, I mean they, yeah. Exactly. But like I said, we just did the numbers on it, and one point, one, what was it, 1.7 billion rounds of ammo just for the new shooters. Wow. That's for the 8.4 million new shooters. That doesn't right. include the, Oof. what, the, the 12 million and, not new shooters who bought guns last year. Right. <laughs> and, and Victor. I know this wasn't in your game plan today, but I wanted to ask, uh, what's your feeling on the fact that the NRA had to file bankruptcy? Mm. Um, you know, I don't know. They, I wonder if they did it just so they would be able to move easily. I hope. That's what <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think. I'm hoping it was yeah. a strategic move business-wise to be able to get out of New York. Because the New York is killing them up there, I'm sure, in taxes. Yeah. And they hate them, too. Their mistake was staying in New York. You know, that's As long incorpor- as they did, yeah, yeah. They incorporated there. But the vitriol that comes out of New York towards guns, the NRA should have switched their corporation long ago. So maybe, maybe that's what like that's Remington what was in New York for mm-hmm. years and years because they started there 200 years ago. Yep. And they just felt like it was but tradition it, and it, everything. But, you know, you have to go when the times are changing. You have to move. <laughs> At some point, you have to move your tradition. Yeah. Because you cannot stay in a – if you're in a state like New York, it was only a matter of time they were going to figure out a way – to, to shut, shut them down. To shut them down. They, they're, they're the Democrats. Or hobble and, them and, in some way to right. where they wouldn't be effective. Yeah. Their goal has always been to take out the NRA. And they shouldn't be able to have to be, they shouldn't have to be in a place where they just have to fight to survive for their ability to exactly. run their business. I hope they restructure and that involves either reincorporating in Georgia ten, or Tennessee. Uh, or Texas Florida, actually is where they're going to move. Or Texas. Yeah. They're, 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 they claim they're going to reincorporate in Texas now. Good for them. So. That's something to be considered. And don't, I mean, and now, of course, would be a time to join the NRA for no other reason because the incoming administration is coming after our guns, no doubt about it. And the NRA has always been, you know, let's say they've been a stronghold as far as mm-hmm. trying to maintain our gun rights. And I'm sure there are examples out there, left and right, where say, oh, they, they pandered on this, they, they flip-flopped mm-hmm. on that. And, yeah, they may have. And there are other groups out there, too. But join some sort of gun rights group if you can. Join the NRA. Join another one. Join three of them. Join what you can to give these people support because they are the lobbyists that are going to push to stop them from taking the guns away flat out. 
Yeah. Because once that once they get laws through that they can start taking them away, it's going to be a matter of well, trying to be non-compliant. That's about the only thing you're going to have to re- do. Remember what I was warning months ago on my show that the tax was coming if they took control and Biden is already it's already coming the, You're talking the first about 100 that days. yeah oh, they're going to use the reconciliation budgetary pro- the tax is there right but happen. I don't know if that's it's probably going to be challenged because that's a matter of we ex can, post facto where you cannot charge somebody for something they've already got well what they're going to do first is tax all new gun buys all new gun buys. That's going to be pushed through through the reconciliation. Then they might try the the exos facto, but they're not going to do that first. They're going to just put a flat out brand new tax on weapon, any new weapon bought, and and they're going to be able to do it through the reconciliation process. Yeah, we've well, got a fight coming. Now also, the fight. The BATF can reclassify things also and change regulation without having to go through legal channels at all. Right. That's like they were trying to do with these pistol braces. Oh, right. They were trying to reclassify them as a short-barreled rifle, mm-hmm. and they weren't going to charge you for it, but they were going to make you register make you it register. and get the paperwork for it. Yeah. Which is like, oh, uh, great. Yeah, you get a free SBR. But I, think, <laughs> I think we've reached the end of the show. Yes, Roger. we have. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll get to ghost guns in Virginia next time. Awesome. Been a great one, folks. Turn right. in next week. That's right. More Locked and Loaded with Roger B. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.